Are you downsizing? Maybe need more room because of additions to the family, or possibly seeking that dream home you've always wanted. Well, Tim Eisner at Royal LePage Atlantic is the guy for you. With a proven track record and multiple awards, Tim goes above and beyond to find out your needs and exactly what you're looking for. So if you're seeking a new home or trying to sell your current one, contact Tim at 902-499-5717 or check him out on Facebook at Tim Eisner. Again, that's 902-499-5717. Trust me, when all is said and done, we'll be saying Tim Eisner strikes again. What is going on? Hope everyone had a fantastic weekend. Welcome to another episode of Outside the Shoot. I'm your host, Randy Frame. Again, before we get to the OTC Player of the Week, friendly reminder to let our listeners know that the annual Canada Cup International Softball Tournament in Surrey, BC is looking for more youth gold teams in the U19 and U17 categories. The tournament runs from July 10th to the 16th at the world-class facility Softball City. Currently, there are over 90 teams competing between five divisions. There will be over 10 international teams competing in the women's division, as well as a few junior national teams in the U19 division. This tournament offers great exposure to athletes, to college coaches, and to national team coaching staff. This is a tournament you won't want to miss. Visit CanadaCup.com to learn more and submit your application today. Or reach out via Instagram, where their handle is at CanadaCupSoftball, if you have any questions. Get in quick on this one. It's shaping up to be a beauty out there on the west coast of Canada, and Softball City will be the place to be. This week's OTC Player of the Week comes to us from Texas as Riley Marks takes home the weekly honors. In five games this weekend at the Shamrock Showdown, Riley hit 750 with two doubles, three home runs, one of which was a grand slam, 14 RBIs, and seven runs scored while playing with the Impact Gold Solace team. Fantastic job, Riley. Best of luck the rest of the season. On to this week's guest, and we sat down and chatted with founder and owner of UMR Sports, Florida Vibe team president, and the executive director of the American Collegiate League, Ryan Moore. In the last couple years, Ryan has been making his mark on the softball world. With his formation and success of the Florida Gulf Coast League, it has given way to the Heartland Collegiate League, the Music City Collegiate League, and the Vegas Collegiate League that all run under the same umbrella called the American Collegiate League, or ACL. These leagues give college athletes the opportunity to continue playing when their college season is over and goes a long way in helping with their development and success. Ryan is also instrumental in the formation of the Florida Vibe professional team, who are set to begin their third season this summer. We're going to talk to Ryan about how he got involved in the softball side of things, his amazing UMR sport facility in Bradenton, Florida, how the ACL got formed, what the future holds, and much, much more. Ryan was an absolute blast to chat with, definitely one of the good guys in our game. I'm so excited to see what else is in store down the road. Actually, he does drop a little breaking news in this, so keep your ears open for that one. With that being said, grab that drink, sit back, relax, because here we go. I've got the world in my palm, lights, camera, action, it's on. I can't describe what I'm feeling, ain't never felt this freedom. I've got the world in my palm, lights, camera, action, it's on. Ain't never felt this freedom. Could you, could you say that? Here we go. We are happy to have on with us today, founder and owner of UMR Sports, Florida Vibe T president and the executive director of the American Collegiate League, the one and only Ryan Moore. Ryan, thanks so much for coming on the podcast, pal. Hey, Randy, thanks a lot. Humbled and honored to be with you today. Awesome. Awesome. How's things going down in Florida today? Oh, man, it's a great Friday. Good, good, good day to be a Floridian. That's for dang sure. Yep. St. Patrick's Day, too. Nothing to it is. It is St. Patty's Day today. Yeah, a lot of uh, spring training baseball games going on down here today. So, and a lot of a green is yes. going on. Yes. So, I mean, you get to, man, you get to catch a lot of spring training, would you? Hey, you know, we're blessed. We have the Grapefruit League here in the state of Florida. And uh, so, we have a lot of the major league teams. I think there's about 15 or so in Florida. And a lot of them are on this coast, the Gulf Coast. And 
Um, we have the Pittsburgh Pirates here in Bradenton and the uh, Baltimore Orioles in Sarasota and Tampa Yankees. The Yankees are in Tampa and Clearwater, the Phillies. I mean, we got the Blue Jays and I could go on and on. We have a lot of baseball here. It's a, we're spoiled. We'll put it that way. Nice, nice. Yeah, I'm, I'm a huge Jays fan. So, I mean, I'd be all, all they're, <laughs> they're in Dunedin, aren't they? Yeah, they're in Dunedin. Yeah. Um, just, just, yeah, Dunedin has, has been their home for quite a while, I believe. Mm. And uh, just, just they have a great little operation up there, and they do well up there. They get a lot of fan support. Um, it, you know, they do well up there. Right on. So, yeah, so you're in Bradenton, correct? Like you're on the yes. I mean, yeah, we are in Bradenton, Sarasota area. Yep. Okay. Right. About okay. Now, Tampa. Okay. Right on. Yeah, I, I, uh, I was, I lived down there for for a couple months in 1999. Actually, I was down there playing hockey of all things. <laughs> Yeah, go bolts. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it's uh, it was a it was a good uh, couple months down there. I mean, I I got away from the Canadian fall slash winter and and got the the Florida heat for for a couple months, and that, that was that was beauty. I, I was over in uh, uh, Vieira, Melbourne area. Very familiar with Vieira. Yeah, very familiar. Yeah, I think that's uh, Space Coast Stadium where the U Triple S A. That's correct. Headquarters is there, correct? Yeah, yeah. So uh, I got to see you. We've been there a few times. Right on. Oh yeah, imagine you have been. I got to see a couple of. Uh, I think they had single A baseball there when I was down there. I'm trying to remember the team name. I can't remember off the top of my head. Um, I believe it was the Florida Marlins at one time. I yes. Think it was the, I think it was the Marlins. I think. I don't quote me on. No, that, it was. It definitely was. Yeah, that's right okay. too. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, so I'm I'm familiar with the with the uh, other coast a little bit more more so than the <laughs> than the than the West Coast. But uh, anyway, I, I wanted to before we get going on you know everything on your career, I, I got to get to the big news from yesterday. Of course, being <laughs> Thursday, partnering sure. up with the uh, Alliance Fast Pitch. Uh, tell us about all the ins and outs on that and how that became to be. Yeah, great. Um, yeah, first of all, Jamie Loffrey is the CEO of Alliance Fast Pitch. I mean, we have um, we've been in communication over the last few years. When I first got in the, the softball division part of the game um, in twenty twenty, I met I met Jamie, and um, you know, for the last three three years, we've just been having some little communication here and there. And you know, um, honestly, it just makes total sense at this point in time. We both organizations are, are growing at leaps and bounds and expanding all over the place. And, you know, our missions are the same. And at the end of the day, it's about the player. Um, it's about the experience. It's about growing the game and, and a healthy atmosphere and, and just doing all the, all the right things, try, striving to, um, you know, uh, just trying to make a, a, an opportunity for kids, not the youth level and also at the, uh, you know, at the college level. So, it, it's a great super highway. So now be, between the two organizations, you know, they offer the the youth league opportunities and, and all that great stuff. And then we offer the collegiate side of it. So now the two collide, the two sides co collide with one another in a very positive manner, allowing now the youth uh, player to to kind of not kind of get to experience, you know, watch what it's going to be like in the collegiate um, atmosphere. And, you know, Jamie and I have collaborated on many things. You know, as time goes on, you'll see a lot of the things that we have um, embarked upon, you know, to make the players both at the youth and collegiate experience um, even more valuable. Um, so we're excited about the relationship. Um, Jamie's good people. Uh, the Alliance people are, are fantastic and a great organization. And we are just super thrilled to align with them as they continue to grow through the country and we continue to grow through the country. It just made perfect sense at this time to bridge the gap between the youth the high school and then the college. It just made it just made perfect sense. These stars aligned perfectly, so we're super excited about that opportunity because I think the road is endless. Mm -hmm. um, I feel like Jamie and her organization feels the same way too, and so we're excited about it. Um, I think the game has continued to grow in positive ways, and this is just one more avenue that you can see that the game is just exploding in a positive way. And this is just, you know, I, I think I think it's important to note too, uh, you know. For both of our organizations, you know, it's it's for us. It's it's about the it's about the players. It's about the kids. It's about how can we how can we make the player experience even better. How can we bring value to the table for the player? And I think when you have two sides like that that really value that that aspect of the game, um, it, it's it, it's going to bring out great things. And that's what that's what we're doing. 
That's awesome. That's fantastic. And, and that's the thing. It, it, it's all about the experience for sure, especially for the, for the younger ones. And I mean, I, I can, I can like, you know, I mean, I can remember as a, as a, you know, kid growing up and you go to certain tournaments, certain, you know, and you knew the well-run tournaments and things like that. And it's always something that you look back on with fondness if, and I think that's one of those things I'm assuming like this, I'm just assuming here that, you know, once the softball fields and everything are done at UMR sports, are they, are they done? They're not done yet. I, I'm just throwing that out there. Right. They're not done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Breaking news, breaking news. Uh, no, um, they're not done yet. We are in uh, site plan development right now. We have one of our five phases completed. We do have our um, our 55 acre complex is is already a will be a year in April. We've had phase one actually open to the general public, right. which is a pickleball facility, and we have a beach volleyball facility, and we also have we just completed um, some baseball training, softball tunnel systems um, that are all under roof, and we're getting ready to open those up here just really soon. I'm um, just in time for the collegiate leagues to get here, mm. and um, you know, so we're excited about opening that up and. We did hire a softball director, so we're excited about that. Um, and we have baseball here as well. So the fields, we hope to break ground on the fields um, sometime in October, November. In Florida, as you know, it's all about the weather. Yep. And uh, unfortunately, we're getting ready to embark on hurricane season. So the last thing I want to do is have a mud pit of clay. That makes sense. So, so yeah, but we're, we're, we're set to, we're going to set, we have a five, a five flex plan, which is five, 12, 12, uh, you know, we have five softball fields of regulation size ready to go. Our goal is to present leagues through the spring and fall and then have tournament directors rent them out in the summer and also the, in the winter for tournaments. But with five fields, you can do a lot of things with it. Obviously, we'll put the pro team there and the FTCL mm. there eventually. And uh, yeah, so that's our goal. That's awesome. Actually, I saw the schematic, like the whole overhead plan for that on, on your guys' website. That's going to be an amazing facility when it's done. Is the... Uh, so the, the five fields there, is there like uh, in the middle of all that sort of, is it like going to be like a, like a restaurant or anything? Because, I mean, it's hard to tell from the, the plans, but I'm just. Sure. No, it's, um, yeah. Our, uh, what, we're, what our goal is to do is put a little like two story tower system right there with a concession bathroom type of locker system. Okay. So we're just going to go upstairs and sit in on an upper deck and actually literally watch all five games. If like, for example. If you're a college recruiter, right, if you're a college scout for baseball or softball, it won't be baseball because those are 12U baseball fields. So you're not going to be recruited as baseball. But from a softball standpoint, that's all ages. So, you know, there'll be 210 down the lines and 220. So college can play here, pro can play here, youth can play here. And so if you're a college coach and you want to have a bird's eye view of the game, you'll be able to go to the second deck and literally look over five fields and see games being played all at one time and you can scout kid, you know, scout players from field one to field five and never move. That's awesome. That's fantastic. And I guess back to my initial thing about talking about tournaments, I'm, I'm assuming that Alliance will be uh, throwing some tournaments in there down the road. Um, I don't know. <laughs> That's <tuned>. my assumption. <laughs> Stay tuned. <laughs> Me, I'm trying to get breaking news here, Ryan. Come on. <laughs> anyway, let's uh, listen before we get into the whole formation of ACL sort of vibe and all that. Let's uh, learn a little bit more about you. Give us uh, your story. Okay. Where uh, where'd you grow up? What got you in the sports? You weren't starting UMR sports. All that all that good stuff. Well, UMR sports actually sits on my family's farm. I grew up um, I grew up here right here on UMR uh, property. Um, we were dairy farmers. We milked cows and uh, we worked the land and grew crops. And so as a kid, that's what I did. And I used baseball as an outlet to get out of work. <laughs> so so I, I fell in love with baseball just to not have to work on weekends. <laughs> Makes sense. <laughs> Dad, I'm sorry. I can't milk the cows and I got baseball practice. <laughs> so, so that's how I started. And um, uh, so this, this land has been in my family since 1947. And so uh, this is where UMR Sports is. We'll be on the the, the last piece of our uh, – my mom and dad sold a bunch of pieces over the years after the farm, um, you know, started to retire. So um, – but the family held on to a lot of acreage, and and therefore we're, we've decided as a family to um, do something for the community that's a little bit different than housing and things like that. So mm. the, this recreational side of it means a lot to our family and our community. Manatee County and Sarasota County, if you look up into the, uh, you know, if you do some research, you'll know that these two counties are probably the 
two fastest counties growing in the in the country. So the percentage of people are moving here are crazy. So uh, we feel like maybe we can give something back to the community that way to have some recreation type stuff, whether it's, you know, whether it's, you know, pickleball or volleyball or walking and running in the property or, you know, whatever it might be. Um, we have some cool things planned. The site plans change just a little bit since the one on the website. Okay. So we have other things, but you know, at the end of the day, we want to have a facility and a property that is community friendly. And so that's my background on me. I grew up here. Um, I, um, I played baseball, obviously. Um, I am actually from, you know, from, from, it's funny because people ask me like, Hey, how'd you get into softball? And it's funny because I don't, I have two boys. I don't even have any girls. Oh, wow. Um, <laughs> so really don't have the dog in the hunt. Uh, um, you know, so, you know, and, and I have, uh, I have my older son played, uh, my play, played college league and he also, he played for the Rockies and he just got done playing pro ball. And, uh, so, so, and then my youngest son just graduated from Florida state and he's a tennis guy. And so, you know, we've had athletics. My wife is a, in, in the hall of fame at Sanford university for tennis. Um, so we have athletics in our blood and I played at, uh, uh, State College of Florida, which back when I played in the early 90s, late 80s, was Manatee Community College. And then I went from there to UCF. I played two years at University of Central Florida and played there. And then off to Montreal, the Expos and Florida State League and, and Port Charlotte Rangers and the Florida State League and minor league systems. And, you know, um, then off to real world, you know, mm-hmm. uh, baseball doesn't really pay the bills unless you make it to the big leagues. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, off to the real world. So I got into, you know, I started doing insurance and things like that. And you know, the farm was kind of being sold off and things like that. So I uh, got married, had kids and did the American dream, um, honestly. And then in 2017, my, my oldest son was graduating from, from high school. And so um, we decided to start the Florida Gulf Coast League Collegiate League for baseball. And so that's how the, the vision and dream started um, mm-hmm. and back then. And therefore, the uh, Collegiate League started for the baseball division. So we've been doing the baseball division since 17. And and then in 2019, we got this wild idea. In fact, uh, it was my wife. Actually, my wife was, um, you know, we were at a baseball game one day with, and, and she just said, do you think there's anything for girls that like you guys do in the summer? And I said, I have no idea. And so I went home and Google it and I'm like, okay, we're starting it tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, 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 and that's how the dream was born. And then over then, God has just been so awesome to, to us. It's blessed us immensely, you know, doors have opened, you know, and, and we still have the baseball here. We have over, you know, we have 10 college uh, summer baseball teams here. So from a North and a South division, we play up in St. Pete all the way down to, to Sarasota. Um, so baseball off obviously is what we've been doing here, but softball, you know, it began in 2020 with COVID, you know, our first season, I can remember, you know, golly, every, you know, kind of the worst dream, right? You know, COVID was a nightmare. And um, I can remember we were had two weeks to go before opening, you know, day in the June of the first inaugural NCAA college softball season ever. And I can remember like, are we going to go or are they going to open up the fields? Are they going to open the county? Are they going to open up the state of Florida? What are they going to do? And uh, we had had a friend, um, and the business in the softball world that said, Hey, I, I've got a friend in the governor's office. And he says, don't, 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 don't shut it down. Keep it going. So we ended up doing it and it was just, yeah, it was COVID and it's, it, that was horrible. And, you know, but the girls really, you know, the, the, the girls that came were so dedicated and really just inspired me and our staff to, to really keep building on it because the, the, the players that came here, they, they were ultimate athletes. Um, they inspired everybody else around us to really try to make this thing major league type of operation. And so, um, never complained, never did this, never did that. Just enjoyed the game, enjoyed it. Just inspired me and the rest of our staff to to really just make this thing something super special for them for years to come. And so that's when the that's when the FTCL softball division was born. COVID, believe it or not, that's crazy. I mean, the, the that's I think that's one of the most impressive things of that whole thing is the fact that it happened in 2020 when <laughs> when a lot of things didn't happen in 2020. You know, and for you to come out of that, like thriving from that. And that's just awesome. That's so great, Ryan. Yeah, it was awesome. God's been good. Like I said, and, and the girls are what makes the deal. I mean, they came here ready to play. They were anxious. They were eager. I mean, they just wanted, they just wanted to ball out and have a good time. And you know, what's hard not to like about Florida, right? It's right. not a bad thing. You know, we, you know, we live on Anna Maria Island and Siesta Key Beach right now. They make TV shows about it. So you know, not a bad place to come play some college softball. No, absolutely not. Actually, I got to circle back on something here. You said the sure. Montreal Expos. Yep. Man, 
Yeah. I was That's such a, I was such a fan of the Montreal Expos as a kid. Yeah, so 1994, the strike. Um, I graduated in 93 and went over to there in 19 in the late night in the, in the fall of ni- summer of 1993 and um, you know, they were in West Palm Beach Municipal Stadium, shared a stadium with the Atlanta Braves. And uh, so it was crazy times. Uh, Moises Salou and Felipe Alou, Galarraga. I could name names like crazy. Um, but yeah, good times. And the strike hit, then it was awful. Yeah, that was the, oh man, I still, 1994 is still a tough spot in my heart here. Because I mean, that same season, Toronto was doing well too. And it was like kind of matching up that, you know, could we have Toronto and Montreal in the World Series? And as Canadians, we're like, that would be the ultimate. But then of course the strike happened and Montreal... <laughs> their fate happened with that strike unfortunately but uh yeah, it's not it was not good but uh but great um Claude Brochu I think it was the team owner at the time and um good family and um uh Kevin Malone was the general manager good guy and you know Felipe was the manager you know they had all the ingredients there um they had everything there to really and you know, honestly, you know, Montreal always had the great players. I mean, we just they traded them off. That's right. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they couldn't afford them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so they're all gone. But they had a great farm system. <laughs> yeah, it's, oh, definitely did. They definitely did. It's kind of oh man, it's frustrating just thinking thinking back on that. I always tell I always tell the story. It's kind of funny, you know. Anybody who's who, who's been over there or been you know in that area before, I always make always funny story because like when you share a stadium with another you know, major league organization. It's funny because like on the first base side, it was the Atlanta Braves, which, you know, you know, right. It's, yep. it's like, like the New York Yankees, like Greg Maddox and Tom Smith, they're all over there. Right. Yep. And so I always make fun of them because they got Outback in their clubhouse, you know, for lunch and dinner, we have a uh, subway, you know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. And, uh, and there's the parking lot. They have all the talk, the big Tonka trucks and we have all the Hyundai's. So <laughs> That's crazy. Uh, yeah, these are a good time. So, yeah. yeah. Of course, baseball's changed and, you know, everything's changed. Of course, the Montreal Expos now are the Washington Nationals and, you know, all history now. But, mm-hmm. you know, I'm kind of surprised. You know, I'd like to see baseball back in Montreal. I think it'd be really cool. They had a, you know, Montreal had a, had a, had a fan club like nobody else. Yep. Um, yeah. They, they had amazing fans and dedicated fans. And, man, they loved their, they loved their baseball in Montreal. You know, they did. Yeah. No, I think it, I think if they had the opportunity to come back, I think it would be it would thrive there now. No problem at all. Yeah. Well, you never know. I don't know. You, you, who knows? Yeah. I, I, I hard to keep up with baseball these days. True enough. True enough. Um, let's come back. Let's go back to the uh, the Florida Gulf Coast League there. So sure. how did uh, how did the ACL all form? It was this like. Of course, you had the Florida Gulf Coast League first, and then then sure. so where how did the ACL form? Yeah, so super question. So um, last year, you know, obviously, you know, after year one, you build on what you did wrong, what you did right, you know, and then year two is another year. And again, like I told you, God blessed us all the way through this thing. So year three, we had a waiting list. We um, and then of course, you know, with hard financial times, it, you know, could could kids afford? Could parents afford to send their child, you know, across the country, you know, and pay X dollars to be in a different state? So and then in Florida, everybody and their brother seemed like they wanted to move to Florida and our real estate prices have shot through the roof. And, um, you know, so we house the we house the players here. So, you know, our our living situation is now, you know, increased. And, you know, we want to put the players in in the best living position possible. Um, and, And so for that comes a price. And so Florida kept raising their prices, not in the hospitality industry. So for us, it was about, okay, do we expand Florida or or what do we do? So we decided to, since there was not really a national map presence of college summer softball, we felt like the FTCL was the marquee premier blueprint. We said, okay, you know, let's go ahead and maybe instead of expanding the state of Florida, if post-COVID – People are, are don't have the finances to go from California, Florida, or from wherever, you know, to Florida, and they can't afford it. Maybe we go to them. And so the ACL was born. So the American Collegiate League is the umbrella. That's the umbrella corporation and organization that, that is basically like MLB is to the minor league, basically. So, right. so the FTCL, the Music City Collegiate League, the Vegas Collegiate League, the Heartland Collegiate League, those leagues now become regional leagues of the uh, umbrella of the ACL or American Collegiate League. So... 
the ACL is just the governing body. Um, of course, all leagues play by the same dates, the same rules, the same game formats. And our goal, all, our whole goal was to try to give the player the same experience if they were in. Now, obviously, it's a different location, so you have a different flavor when it comes to the atmosphere, right? Mm -hmm. But from a playing perspective, from a playing experience, we wanted to try to generate what we had learned here in Florida and try to like capture that in other places so that you didn't have all these other systems out there playing by, you know, you know, different set of this, different set of that. We wanted to basically try to format that to where the college player could have the same playing experience in a different location without spending the money to come all the way to Florida. Right. That's, that's awesome. I, I love the whole setup for it. It's just, it's fantastic. And another thing that I love about it is the team names. The team names are so <laughs> awesome. Like did, who comes up with, did you come up with the team names or is there like a, like just people name the team? How does that go? Okay. Well, I can't, yeah, my wife, I have to give a lot of credit to my wife. My wife is, is, is the, is the creativity behind many of the names. So I got to give her credit. And, my, and, but, um, I also have some great, um, people that help support us. We have, um, um, Leslie Gender, she, she's, she, she's on staff. She does a great job helping me with stuff like that. Gray Robertson, the, one of the voices of Alabama softball, he helps me a lot with that stuff. And, and honestly, Megan Wiggins, you know, professional player, mm -hmm. Megan, she's actually a team owner in our leagues too. Um, I met Megan, um, a couple years ago and Megan had reached out about her, her sportswear line that she, uh, she had developed and, and she had asked us to maybe kind of use her for the designs and uniforms. So Megan is the creativity really behind some, a lot of the Jersey design. So I, I really love the fact that Megan is involved in the leagues um, just because she's an icon. She's a hall of famer from Georgia. You know, Megan has been around the game for a long time. She's still playing. She's one of the, the premier athletes of the game. And so, you know, it was important for, for me and for us as an organization to embrace people that have, whether you're Dot Richardson or Michelle Smith, we wanted to bring all those people to the table because they've laid the groundwork for people like me to have a small part of the success of the game. So Megan, Megan's kind of like um, she's a, a big brain behind the creativity of these uniforms. Team names. Yeah. My wife, me, you know, and, and, and Megan. Yeah, it's kind of a collaboration. But our whole goal was to bring in the culture of that particular community, like the minor league systems of baseball. Right. Yeah. Yep. And. You have all spring to be really serious. Don't be wrong. We want to be serious about our game times. But from a team standpoint, we wanted to bring some fun. You know, it's summer, right? It's, mm -hmm. it's supposed to be, you know, less stressful and, and dialed down a notch. And, you know, it's all about the experience, right? So we wanted to bring in a little flair. But we wanted to bring in the community because in these leagues, it's really important to embrace the community that you're in. We have a lot of support here in, in Bradenton, Sarasota with the, the tourism folks. Um, they, they bring in. You know, they bring in help a lot in Nashville. I can't even begin to tell you the support we get from Clarksville. Visit the the, the folks that the, that whole town and city has embraced the music collegiate league like nobody's business. Um, from Austin P University to the city to you name it, it's just been an unbelievable journey um, through this stuff because you're seeing these local communities come out and support these players, and they do that. And so our goal was to make sure these team names have something to do with the community or culture that they're from. Right. That's smart though. I mean, <laughs> it really is. I mean, if you, if you're in a local person there and I mean, I'm just looking, especially like I, I noticed in the heartland, like, like, you know, you have the dusters and the, and the bombers <laughs> and the, and the, the belt line, like the, the train Pacific yeah, so railroad. Mary, so, yep. So Marin Agnes, she runs, she's a director and founder of that league. Um, she's underneath our ACL umbrella. Um, she does it all over there. She, she names the teams, she manages the teams, uh, she's recruiting the teams and, you know, she's also a history buff of softball in that area. You know, the Midwest is an interesting system for softball. It just really is an interesting situation. Um, it's not Florida where you have the beaches, you know, it's not Nashville where you have all this stuff, but Omaha has a lot of history, you know, from the early days of college softball being there to the college world series for baseball, you know, Omaha, the Midwest has a lot of softball history. So Marin's doing a great job. Um, she's doing she's doing a lot of community events and a lot of community support. She's doing all the right things to bring in the community support. But you're right. And the whole goal was she was she she was adamant. Let's go ahead and let's bring up some of the old stuff that made softball, you know, what it was like in the Midwest or the names. And you're right. And that's just it goes with the heartland, right? Mm -hmm. that's, that, that's heartland. So that was the entire that was the entire mantra of what we were trying to do. So Marin's done an excellent job 
in the Midwest League there at the Heartland League. She's doing a great job. So we're, we're happy with that. Awesome. So how, how did you go about picking the other areas? <laughs> oh, that's a great question. <laughs> uh, a lot of research. Um, you know, in baseball, you know, there's about 80 leagues <laughs> for mm. men. Um, and, you know, because of the pro level, guys will go play anywhere in college if they know they have a pro opportunity. And, you know, in, in my situation with softball, I think that, you know, you've got to make it an experience. You can't just say, hey, let's go play in the Dust Bowl. All right. Let's not just go play in, you know, without value. You know, I, I think I hopefully collegiate summer softball is on the rise where, you know, these territories that we bring underneath the ACL, for example, will just, you know, just bring so much value to the game where the players will want to go there just, you know, because they're could be a pro experience in their future or there could be just the the flat out game experience that you're getting to go back to your college and make a difference and an impact you know for a championship run so you know but for us picking these locations was um was tricky um it still is tricky we actually have two sites that i can't tell you right now but Mm -hmm. we were to announce them for 2024 um but um we're we're the locations were just researched, I guess I can say, and and really at the end of the day, think about it. Florida's the beaches, right? Nashville. Who, what college kid doesn't want to go to Nashville, right? So, right. <laughs> so and you know, you know, so you got you know you got in Vegas. We have the Vegas Collegiate League. You have Las Vegas, which is a, a tourism trap, right? So that's right. You've got you've got you know that's another thing. The West region, we really we really wanted to bring some sort of aid economically to the western part of the United States, and that's where the Vegas League. The, and we're going to have another league out west. We're getting ready to set to announce that. We won't announce that till the summer. But there'll be two west locations for for the players to be able to choose from out there. And you know, our goal, you know, is to say, hey, if you're from UCLA, if you're from US, you know, USC, if you, wherever you're from, Washington, whatever, and you can't make the trip, you know, halfway across the world to to Florida or to Nashville, if that's your choice, hey, come go play out west. Maybe that will save you some some money logistically and economically. It makes more sense for you to be there. So. That's kind of, that's that's the biggest reason why we started the Vegas Collegiate League was start because the western part of the United States has never seen a collegiate league ever. So that was our whole goal was to introduce the western part of the United States to the college summer league and then basically, you know, embark on I think that I think California could have a league by itself, you know. Oh, so absolutely. <laughs> you know, so that's where we're heading. We'll be in California. There you go. There's breaking news. 24 California. I love having breaking news on here. That's awesome. <laughs> there you go. I'm not telling you the city, but okay. California. All right. Um, so for the, with these leagues, what's the, uh, obviously the big benefit for these college athletes is getting more game reps and everything. What, uh, what else is the benefit for, for these players going to play in these leagues? Um, well, we see, a, uh, we see a lot of various ty- different types of players, whether you're regular starters or your, your, your players that are substitution or you need reps on the mound or catching, whatever. We see a very, a various, you know, different roles of players that come to the league. And, um, you know, it's really the girls that are just dedicated they're, They just want to, they want to play the game. They love the game. They want to put their heart and soul into it. They're, they're putting the extra work in. And I can tell you right now, if you do the math, I know Gray Robertson's our stat, our stat guy, but I can tell you. Almost every player in the FTCL, for example, um, because that's the only um, method we have until these other leagues compete this summer. Mm. But I'll tell you that I could name 100 players that have made huge impacts in their college you know, programs from championship standpoint or whatever. And so, you know, we the players going to come here and get an experience. They're going to get the extra reps in that they need to get better. It's it's not, you know, I I will tell you, it is an exact science. You come, you get extra reps. Well, I don't care if you're a starter and you, and you do more. If you're a, a substitute player and you get more, you're going to get better. Mm-hmm. The more you do, the better you're going to get. And so, you know, we want the player to come here and have that experience. And we've put in rules and different things to make sure that that player has the experience that they need to go back to their college program and make a difference. It makes our hearts so happy when we see a Mac Leonard make a difference at Florida State or a Haley Lee at Oklahoma or an Alex Tarocco at Oklahoma or Riley Boone at Oklahoma or or Jenna Green at Presbyterian or you name I could name a thousand of them, but it just it, it's so happy we can see the results mm. because that's a direct reflection upon what that player did when they were here. They worked their butt off to get better, to go back to their summer, to their, their fall program and make a difference. 
And that's really what we want to encourage our players, the players that come here to do. Hey, come here, train, develop, get better. It's, it's not all games. When players come here, Randy, they we have indoor facilities for them to train at all of our regional locations. They have facilities where they can go train. They can work out. They can do strength and conditioning. Um, they can, it's, we have gyms just like their gyms. They have at you know, their colleges. So they can literally train, keep developing on their off time, play games. They'll play up to 25 games in, in a, in a four and a half week span. That's crazy. Wow. It's a lot of games, but they are going to get after it. And so, um, and when they're not getting after it, they're getting after it in the training part of it. So, um, again, our goal is to, to have them come here get as much out of it as they put into it. it. It's no different than anything. If you put in, you put in, you know, a lot, you're going to get a lot out. If you don't put anything, you're not going to get a lot out. That's just life. And so, um, you know, we're really encouraged when we see, you know, when these girls, especially the players, they, when they go back to their universities and programs, I don't care what program you're at, you know, division one, it doesn't matter. Um, they, they make, they, they're making such big differences in their, their college careers. Um, it just, it really does tickle us to death. It's really awesome and inspiring. And that's what keeps us going. You know, when we, mm -hmm. when we turn on the social media and you see somebody, Jenna Johnson beat Arkansas. I, uh, right. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, you, 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 you see, you know, Starocco throwing a perfect game. You throw, you, you know, you do, you, there's so many, I mean, there's so many attributes. You see Michaela Edenfield from Florida state doing what she's doing. Right. You know, mm -hmm. golly. It just makes our, our heart so happy when we see and, and these things happen. And, you know, it's but again, it's a direct reflection upon the work that they have dedicated themselves to. Not only the work they have done at their universities on a daily basis, their schoolwork, their practice time with their current programs, but they spent the time in the summer. They spent they didn't have to do it, mm -hmm. but they came and they got and they put in the extra time and the extra work and they go back. And that's why these colleges have championship seasons. Um, there's a reason why. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Absolutely. So, 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 so to me, that's that's what that's what we want the the player to get out of it. We want them to come here, train, develop, and have that attitude where you know what I'm going to go back, and I'm going to make a difference. You know how mm -hmm. can how can I be how can I be that team player? And that is getting yourself individually ready to go for that next season. Yeah, that's fantastic. Isn't it crazy how much the game has grown since the pandemic? Like for women's softball it's ridiculous i love it like it's just amazing to watch well if you would have asked me two years ago if i was going to be an owner of a of a professional softball team i would have thought you've been drinking a lot <laughs> hey that's a great segue i love that that's a, <laughs> yeah. not not to the drinking part but to, to the florida vibe that, that's a great segue yeah. how so <laughs> how did the, the florida vibe all uh, all start Man, I tell you what, that's, again, God's just opening doors. I mean, that's all I can tell you. So, you know, first of all, in 2020, it was just an inspiring summer, even though, you know, good news on, you know, with bad news and the COVID and, you know, the softball just gave everybody inspiration. It just gave everybody an opportunity to say, hey, we're outside, we're playing the game we love. And and then in 2021, it was like, okay, we got to make this thing bigger and better. And, and then, you know, the next year, the next year. So, you know, the pro side of it is is intriguing, right? Because there's, you know, it, there's not many opportunities. So, you know, I always thought, you know, when I look at the landscape of softball, I just never could figure out why, why there wasn't really a true mechanism for, you know, I know they had the MPF in the past. I know all that, but mm. I, I just, I just didn't understand why there wasn't like a, a true mechanism for the players to, to, for those players who want to continue their life beyond college to, to have an opportunity to get paid in some fashion, you know, to keep playing the game they love. I just could never understand because in the guys' world, we're spoiled, right? So, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so guys would sign for $2 if they knew they could play pro, pro baseball, right? Mm -hmm. In fact, they have free agents, so, so people sign for nothing. So I just could never figure out why there wasn't something there that we could, you know, and of course you hear about, you know, invest in the game and invest in the women. And, and I'm, you know, and I just said, you know what, it's time to try to make a difference. You know, let, let's see if we can do that. And so we used our, co you know, the college league was a great uh, type of example or system of things we could do. And so the pro level was just made a lot of sense. So let's, let's do that. So, um, so the Florida vibe was born. Um, you know, of course it's Florida, so it's sunny, it's happening, it's livelihood. Everybody's moving here. So I think it's the vibe, right? So, Hey, Florida has a vibe to it. You know, everybody wants to be here. So that was how the team name was born. And then we made our announcement the day after the Olympics last summer, two summers ago. 
And, uh, you know, we made our announcement and we just set out on this, this professional direction. And so we had last year, we had 18 professional players. Um, we were super, super excited about playing, you know, the game that everybody loves. And, and, uh, we hit the road. We, we, we were, we just, we didn't know anybody would want to play us. We didn't have any clue. We just went out there and, Hey, anybody want to play? So, (laughs) you know, so we put our best foot forward and, you know, my general manager, Mike Scott, who is a tremendous guy from South Carolina, just a super soul. And, um, him and I, you know, we collaborate quite often. And, you know, when I was done, you know, a few years back, you know, after baseball, you know, I did some scouting for, 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 for Seattle and whatnot. Anyway, um, you know, I knew that there's not really, you know, that awesome of a pro level necessarily for softball, but I at least wanted the college player to feel like I still put the same effort into it. I would scouting a, a, a young baseball player. So when you look at the Florida vibe, you look at players that, and this is what I love about the game of softball, because in the pro world, and when you look at college, there are so many deserving softball athletes to play at the next level. Mm-hmm. There's so many, and there's so, they, you know, and, and there's just not enough spots for all of them. There just isn't. But there's so many deserving athletes that are top notch that if they were baseball players, they'd be drafted in the top five rounds of the MLB draft. Oh, 100 percent. And they they just don't have that avenue. But I wanted at least to share that I at least from my from from our aspect and our method, we at least wanted to put in that effort to say, hey, look, hey, Carmen Greenwood. Yeah, you were overlooked by everybody else, but you finished in top five category. A lot of a lot of categories, division one softball. You're a next level player. So we at least wanted to put our effort into like we would baseball in the softball mechanism. So when you look at a lot of Florida by players, you know, yeah, they don't, you know, you know, they may not have all the TikTok followers and this and that, but that's not what we're about. We're, we're, we are, we're literally on the ground level looking for that next athlete that fits the mold. First of all, you have to be able to check Mark that you play at the next level, that you can have the talents play at the next level as a professional. And then we go from there and, you know, we put all of our scouting techniques into that after that. And, uh, and that's how we kind of came to Florida Vibe. Nice. And so we do a we do a little independent tour system. We go on tour and we play at youth tournaments. And, you know, we play a lot of the national teams from Canada to Mexico to Puerto Rico to Colombia, you name it. And, um, you know, we, we just we honestly we just have a really good time, um, you know, sharing our experiences with the world, sharing our, our love for the game with the youth. And, you know, I think that's where a lot of a lot of the, where the alliance relationship and a lot of this other stuff coming in, you know, you know, to be able to play at youth tournaments is, is huge. And to be able to have that fan, that's a younger fan, look up to the pro player and say, you know what, I want to be like you, you know, and, and that's why we really put a, a, a big emphasis on character when we talk about re- recruiting a player on the pro level. You know, we because, you know, at the end of the day, you know, we, we want to be an example. We want. We want the youth to look up and, and say, you know what? I want to be like her. I want to, I want to one day play like her. I want to be like her. You know what I'm saying? So we really put a big emphasis on, on that type of stuff. And so, um, the Florida vibe is, is just, it's, uh, it's, it's own, it's own, uh, league of their own. Situation. That was my next one. Any, any, uh, chance to join WPF down the line or, or is that, or just want to keep it independent? You know, I don't know. You know, we've had a lot of discussions with with that group, and um, I don't know. Um, I never want to say no. Mm-hmm. Um, I never want to say anything. But at the at that particular time last year and this year, you know, it, it didn't make sense for us to join. Um, I always told the girls, you know, you know, I'm I'm big on the communication with the players, and I always told them, I said, look, you know, we'll we'll join anything if it makes total sense for you guys. Right. And you know, I'm not saying it doesn't. I'm just saying that. You know, it's not the right time for us. You know, we uh, um, it just isn't the right time for us. And so I'm not saying no to anything because you never know with this game. You just never know what's going to happen tomorrow. Right. And, you know, for us, we want to keep our doors open. You know, look, you triple SA, you WPF, they're one and the same, but they're good people. You know, I, I like them. And uh, they, you know, I got to You give credit where credit's due. You know, Donnie Jr., who um, who who I became friends with a few years back. You know, when 2020 hit with COVID, you know, he was the first one to reach out to the Florida Gulf Coast League and said, hey, the Pride's looking for some playing time. You know, you're the next best thing to the pro level. You know, what do you think? And I'll be honest with you. We went over there in 2020 and our girls just had stars in their eyes. They were in college, but they they were in heaven. And I will be honest with you. They treated our girls like gold. They they paid for everything. They gave food. They they gave them the royal treatment, you know, just housing the whole nine yards. And the same in 21. 
you know, and so, you know, I, you know, from that angle, I'm going to be very in debt. I'm, I'm very grateful for what they, what they did for the college stuff, you know, and the pro level is a little bit different, you know, we're, mm-hmm. it's big boy stuff, it's a little bit different and, and I get it. And, um, I think they get it. And, you know, but again, like I'm never going to say no to anything because at the end of the day for me, it's, it's whatever's in the best interest of, of the, of the player is what we're going to do. And so right now it just makes more sense for us to continue down the road until God has another door to open or close or, or whatever. So I, I don't want to say no to anything. Um, it's just at this particular time, it's not for us. Right. Right. So, I mean, going like going into this summer, I guess I, I like, I know with the WPF, I mean, Texas is starting Oklahoma city. Mm-hmm. They like, yep. th- they're going to have a structured, structured schedule this year. Like, are you guys going to be able to play exhibition games against them at all or anything like that? Um, you know, I don't know. Um, we have reached out to the WPF and at this point in time, they say, I don't, again, I mean, I, I've, all I can do is ask. Right. 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 And we have asked their scheduling people to see if there was an opportunity for the vibe to play. And so far, you know, the answer has been no, and that's okay. Mm -hmm. And, uh, um, but again, I, again, I'll leave that door open, you know, cause I thought last year, you know, when you, you know, it was pretty obvious that the vibe organization had a very competitive first year team, um, against the smash of sports vipers and the, and the pride. Mm-hmm. And, um, obviously I think, you know, the fans love the game action. I think it provided, a, but again, then now you have the sparks and the smoke and, you know, again, you know, maybe they don't, maybe they don't need to, to, to schedule games outside their league. So you know, again, it's their business plan, their business model. They're doing what they you yep. know need to do. And, you know, who am I to, who am I to, to criticize that? Right. It's just, I look at it from our angle and at this particular time, it's not, it's not wise for us to, to move down that road, but Hey, you never know. But as far as playing games, my understanding is the WPF does not allow games outside the league um, during their regular season, maybe preseason, but not regular season. So I, again, I'm, mm-hmm. I don't, I've reached out a few times and, you know, and, and that's, you know, and that's fine. It, it is what it is. And, you know, I leave the door open. Right on. That's all you can do. Really. That's all you can do. Um, I, I wanted to ask about uh, going to Spain in 2021. Did you, you got the team, team from Florida. Did you put a team that went over there? So in 20, so in 2021, we came up. So you remember that was the Olympic year, right? That's right. Yes. So we had contacted um, um, Victoria Hayward, um, who's awesome. Vic. Um, Vic- Love Vic. Uh, Victoria Hayward is the bomb. Anyway, she had reached out and uh, set up basically the communication. She was at my alma mater, UCF, at the time. Mm-hmm. And so she had reached out and started to communication and maybe have Team Canada come to Sarasota and play some of the FGCL teams in their preparation to go in Canada or to, to the Olympics. Mm-hmm. And I thought, oh, my gosh, what a great opportunity. This is absolutely let's do this. So Team Canada came down with Danielle Laurie and you know everybody. Look, <laughs> yeah. Almeida. I mean, it was like uh, like Christmas came early for yeah. us. Yeah, <laughs> and, uh, it was just awesome. And they came and played a like a three four game set against some of our college teams, and and it, so did Mexico. Uh, Mexico came and did the same thing, and we scheduled you know FTCL games against the girls, and of course they killed. You know they beat us up pretty good, but you know at the end of the day that's not what it was about. No, not at but, all. You know. Um, but that's how that started. So um, we got the idea after that to to to. Well, during that year, we had, had been presented an opportunity to possibly go to Spain, and they wanted to know if the FGCL wanted to send a team to Spain. And I was like, "Well, these are college girls, and you know, I don't, they've already paid to be here in Florida. I don't think they're going to want to pay them." So, so we came up with the idea of Team Florida. And Team Florida was just basically all it is is a selected group of all stars through the league that get chosen by different people in our league um, to have an opportunity to play against the pro team at different times. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're awesome, you know, for our schedule because a lot of these girls look. A lot of the Florida Gulf Coast League girls that come here, they're not far off from being pro level. Right. They're, right. It's pretty. It's pretty serious stuff. And so um, they give the girls a good. In fact, in all fairness, they beat us one time last year. The five, so, um, <laughs> so um, you know, so they're they're good, and um, you know, so Team Florida was born. So we didn't end up going to Spain that year because COVID um, restrictions. They were all oh, right. Uh, yes, they were requiring a lot of different things, and the logistics didn't work out. So we didn't go. But you know, I had we had um, we had Jesse Warren and Jessica Burrows and Aubrey Leach and uh, uh, Kat, uh, uh, 
uh, Ocasio. And I, I mean, I was like Ellie Cooper. I mean, I had like the wow. all-star. <laughs> like I was ready to go to the Olympics that day and play with that <laughs> roster. <laughs> that's awesome. Oh, yeah, that's a, that's a I good mean, roster. About that. You're, you, you have Jesse Warren at third base, Aubrey reaching the outfield, Ocasio on the Give me a break. I mean, how could you lose? No, that's right. Yeah, that's a, that's a really good roster. Yeah. Wow. So I was uh, I was pinching myself all that year, um, but we ended up playing like Team Florida ended up playing local. We ended up playing like Mexico and different things like that, and it was a lot of fun. Um, we had a good time, and um, you know it, it was great. So Team Florida, we and we ended up from you know from that year we ended up keeping it. So like last year in the FTCL, you know, same with the Music City League in Omaha, the college players were going to get an opportunity. So the vibe has has a game schedule, and the game schedule will go to those territories during the summer schedule and we will play music city collegiate league all-stars or Omaha, whatever collegiate all-stars. We will go out the Florida vibe team. You'll get a shot at trying to beat the best in the world. Oh, that's fantastic. That's a great way to have it. Actually. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. That's fantastic. Um, now just as we're wrapping up here, um, what, uh, so what are some of the long-term plans that you have personally, like in the game is, is do, you, do you have any long-term plans for it? Oh, you know I do. Yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so I'll give you uh, I'll give you a little bird's eye view uh, of next of, of what it will look like soon. So, you know, our whole goal is to to have enough regions throughout the country. Um, we're going to do a college summer World Series at some point in time at a place to be determined, somewhere neutral in the country, to where the regional league champions, the FTCL champion, the MCCL champion, the VCL champion, the Omaha champion, we can all meet. The tw- the between So all of our schedules will be done by July 15th, for example. And so all champions will be crowned by then in each league. And our goal was between the 17th and the 20th is meet at a neutral location and literally have a summer collegiate World Series between the champions. So that's our future goal. We want to do that. Um, and hopefully you never know how that can blow up. And uh, so that's a major goal of ours. And uh, next year, we're going to actually have a little bit bigger staff. We're going to have a recruiting coordinator. We're going to we're going to make this, a, you know, a little bit bigger. Um, you know, we're more and more college coaches are reaching out to get their players involved and want to know information. And sometimes there's just not enough hours in the day to get all that information. So we literally need to have more staff, which we have we're, we have done. We're getting ready to to launch that angle as well with more staff members. We'll have a recruiting coordinator. You know, and the other thing that we we really want to do with these regional leagues is, um, you know, we're, we're, we I, we want to introduce minor league softball. So we want the college league to become actually minor league softball. So if you're a college player and you have a, you have aspiration of playing pro level one day, whether it's for the Vibe or the Pride or the Vipers mm-hmm. or the Sparks or the Smoke or whoever, um, hey, go to the college leagues because now maybe that could be the scouting system for these these pro teams to be able to to really dial in on that athlete that really is dedicated to, to growing their game, getting better. What a great yeah. way. Great way to have it. Yeah, though, it'd be I mean. awesome that, that the college leagues be the minor league system of pro softball. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's such a, that would be fantastic actually, you know, and that's another, another thing going back to how much the game has grown since 2020. Like <laughs> it's just remarkable. And, and I mean, I love to see it. It's just fantastic. I mean, you look at the numbers that the women's college world series is putting up, you know, for on, on TV. I mean, that's unreal. 2 million viewers. Like I don't understand why ABC, CBS, all any of these aren't having a game a week. You know what I mean? Like they get the viewers. Yeah. It's, it's one of those mystery questions. I still don't understand. Um, again, you know, being a former baseball player myself, you know, I'll be honest with you. I'd much rather sit down and watch a softball game than a baseball game. And yep. I played. It. Yep. <laughs> uh, and it just makes a lot of sense. I mean, the game's faster. Um, you know, it's funny because Major League Baseball, you know, they've changed up all the rules to make the game faster, right? Mm-hmm. But you have it in softball. It's like you literally can. That's right. You literally, you really have the fast pace, you know, and there's a lot of action um, in, in the game. And, you know, there's a lot of moving parts within the game between the lines. And it's really fun to see. And. And I don't, you know, as from an entertainment standpoint, you know, obviously the College World Series, you have the numbers. It's not, it's not rocket science. Mm-hmm. So we think that a CBS Sports or somebody would be like, hey, you know what? Maybe, maybe we could, maybe we could do something like that. You know, and I invite anybody who may listen to this podcast out there. If, hey, if the FGCL, the ACL, any of our regions, do you want to be on national TV? 
we got you hooked up. Come on. There we go. There we go. Hey, that's what a way to end it right there. I love that. Hey, any any TV execs out there, if you listen to this podcast, hey, come come watch us. <laughs> oh, Ryan, listen, man, I got to thank you for taking the time out of your busy schedule. And I know it's busy for, you know, take time, come on the podcast and uh, have a little chat with us. Hey, Randy, I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Um, you know, really loved it. And thank you for the opportunity. Um, again, you know, just, just blessed and, and happy to be here with you and, and your audience. And, um, and, you know, for any information, people can go to, you know, AmericanCollegiateLeague.com. If you're a college player out there looking to sign up to get in one of our leagues, go there. You can pick any icon that you want, select the league you want to go to. Um, right now, rosters are filling up pretty fast because of the time of year it is. I mean, and right now, you know, college coaches are referring players like crazy. But if you have an opportunity to get better and you want to get better, go to any of these regional locations. So you can go to AmericanCollegiateLeague.com. You can even download our app, American Collegiate League dot, or American Collegiate League in your phone store. That's where all of our live stats, the scoring, the standings, league leaders. We're going to have some awesome things on our live stream with athletes go live there. A lot of things happening um, with Fat, Atlantis Fast Pitch and, and athletes go live. We have a lot of stuff moving and shaking. So I encourage all your listeners to and any college players listening, uh, sign up and, and come enjoy uh, your summer experience and get better. There we go. Awesome. You heard it. You heard it here first. Thanks again, Ryan. Appreciate you coming on. Yeah, thank you, Randy. Appreciate you. Yo, I finally got the truth from ya It took a bit, you'll recognize wow. The classified was never one to mess around with lies huh. It ain't my nature, total behavior The opposite, dropping it I'll be the dopest MC rocking it Composer tracks, got your mind in the daisy And got you wondering how I can flip it every which way Lots of practice Hey yo, class brings tactics That make you bounce around like you and your girl on the mattress Son, I'll stop you in your track with your weak style And you can speak foul, but can you really freak pal? Too many MCs on the mic sound the same It's kinda funny Funny though, cause they're the ones that found the fame So what's I say, about the world and the music business I guess it's all about the bank and how much money's in it And half life is like half broke I gotta work the 9 to 5 to put my own records out It ain't a problem yo, keeps me focused on the mic It makes my skills tight, it feels right to shake the light So I'ma break it for the million MCs speaking raps They never see no money, no fame or no contract And yo, you know most of us won't See a million bucks, most of us will end up broke To me, that's what it ain't about yo I live for it Hip-hop, what's the best you can give for it? What you take me for, son? Another ten minute rapper. We're only in the game because it's friends in it. Blast your weapons that leave your brain intoxicated. If duplicated, I'ma start this off and instigated. So watch yourself. We'll catch a lyric to that dome in seconds. I use my microphone to tear them seas apart in sections. I use my mind to amplify the situation needed and put them all together when my destination meet it. And now I'm at the spot for sure convinced that it was never about talking it. All about rocking it and dropping it. From late at night to early morning, rappers on the mic will be. Just focus on the core and change It's got my mental doing flips You come and do this game, think it's easy, y'all can do this So put the mic down, let an empty let me kick it Flippin', rippin', that's how I hit it, ha! Are you downsizing? Maybe need more room because of additions to the family or possibly seeking that dream home you've always wanted. Well, Tim Eisner at Royal LePage Atlantic is the guy for you. With a proven track record and multiple awards, 
Kim goes above and beyond to find out your needs and exactly what you're looking for. So if you're seeking a new home or trying to sell your current one, contact Tim at 902-499-5717 or check him out on Facebook at Tim Eisner. Again, that's 902-499-5717. Trust me, when all is said and done, we'll be saying Tim Eisner strikes again.